And good evening and welcome to the Demon Land podcast. My name is Andy and joining me tonight is someone who is considered to be uh, Demon Land royalty. It is Whispering Jack. Good evening, Whispering. And good evening, Andy, and welcome, listeners. And uh, I just do take umbrage at being called royalty. I actually voted for a republic about 15 years ago when it came up. But uh, I don't want to get involved in political issues because we're all demon supporters here and we love the demons and we're having such a great time over the past month or so. So um, I'd just like to say that it's a real week of outs because we've got Garlet out, Salem out and Grapeviney out as well and I'm in. So um, hello there and... Um, I'd like to also say hello to some of the older listeners because like old D and Beelzebub, people like us who were brought up in times when Louie and Jack and Bobby used to run shows like this and we never had internet and all these earphone things dangling out of every orifice and it was just plain, simple football in those days you just kicked the ball forward and that was it yes well uh times they are a changing um and it's you know we, we are in the uh 21st century so uh you've got to get with the times this spring um yes great viney is uh out this week um he's uh holidaying uh on a tropical island and was not able to uh to join us tonight but we do have Whispering Jack in. Uh, I don't know if uh, if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you can kick a few goals. Well, yes, uh, and the first goal I'll just say to my mates, old D and Beelzebub, uh, some tragic news. Uh, I drove down Glenartley Road, Elstonwick this week, and Wong's Cafe is no more. So actually I don't know if that's tragic news or not because it might... Um, it might be good for the Constitution that uh, we are not uh, eating that sort of Chinese food anymore. Well, uh, Destroy All has just asked, is this World War Two radio? So, uh, yes, <laughs> we're, we're about mm-hmm. to do a, 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 a bomb drill, so get under your desks, uh, uh, listeners, and, uh, yeah, turn, on your, turn up your wirelesses. All right, well, you know, it's not World War II. Um, I... I I'm one of those people who is lucky enough to remember the days when the Demons won six premierships in 10 years from 1955 to 64. And I can tell you the most wonderful feeling was waking up every Saturday morning and knowing that your team was going to go out there and they were going to win. And there was no question about it. Well, we're starting to maybe get that feeling back because, I mean, for me, I suffer MFCSS, so it's very hard for me to be confident week in, week out. But week in, week out now, our team is starting to play some fearless football. And uh, it's, it's kind of hard uh, not to start feeling confident um, when they're sort of backing it up each week. Uh, is, that, is that why you tend to, every time there's a run-on from the other team, start making tracks to get out of the ground? Or? <laughs> yes. That would, and I must say, uh, when Lewis Jetta was lining up for goal, um, sort of in that, uh, after sort of the midway mark, I, I had my hand on the remote and I was almost, uh, I didn't know whether I was going to turn it off or, or throw the remote. And uh, luckily I, I stayed, stayed with the game. 
and was uh, rewarded with uh, a heart-thumping uh, uh, win. And I must say, 15 minutes after the game, my, my heart was still uh, all a flutter. And I imagine you were the same. Well, yes, a little bit like that. But, um, you know, why didn't you actually go across to Domain Stadium and see the game live? And, and perhaps some of the people who were listening in actually did that, you know, followed the team and crossed the Nullarbor and took that flight on Qantas or Jetstar or Virgin even. Um, anyone out there who actually went, uh, I'd love to know how they felt actually being at the ground. Well, well, that's a good a good time for me to plug the phone number, as I often forget to do. Um, if you'd like to call the show, uh, 0390163666, that's 0390163666, or you can Skype us, uh, Demonland31. Now, someone actually did just try to call us, and the they must have hung up. Uh, please give us a call back and uh, we'll take your call. You can talk about anything uh, anything to do with the game or anything, any of the topics we're going to talk about tonight. We'd love to hear from fellow Demonlanders, particularly, as Whispering Jack said, if you were at the game uh, the other night. I know we, Ethan Tremblay, who listens to the show religiously, uh, he was there, and uh, as were a few other Demonlanders. And, um, yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, Zero three nine zero one six three triple six or Skype us Demonland uh, thirty one. So, All right, if you could just repeat that number because I'm trying to write it down, <laughs> I might ring myself up and talk to myself. Well, if, uh, no, if nobody else rings. Well, that's okay. We we've got there is plenty to talk about. So if if we don't get uh, if we don't get the calls uh, tonight, then um, yeah, there is plenty to talk about. And uh, I, I think the first player that. Uh, that deserves a mention tonight is um, the Captain Courageous uh, 2.0, as I like to call him, Jack Viney. Um, that what a what a remarkable game! What a fantastic! Um, really, he stepped up to the plate and showed, um, you know, without uh, Jonesy there, uh, just why they decided to uh, give him the captaincy or the co-captaincy. Yes, and. He did brilliantly, 39 disposals and probably less than 80% time on the ground because he was, I would imagine, spent about 10 or 15 minutes just recovering from that knock to his AC joint. Um, and hopefully he'll be right as rain for Friday night's big home Friday night MCG clash <laughs> against the Sydney Swans. Well, uh, I heard Maxie Gorn on the radio they, were, they asked him about Jack, and he said uh, Jack's arm would actually have to be, uh, uh, you know, taken off his uh, body for him not to, to play on Friday night. And I heard uh, Misson um, in his injury report uh, confirm that Jack Viney will be, will be playing. So I don't think anything could stop him. And I'll just correct you, it was 38 possessions, not 39. 38. Okay, well, you know, even, even if they took his arm off, off the body, I reckon he would play and be pretty close to BOG because he'd be armless. <laughs> nice one there. How long okay. did you prepare that one for? I should have About... a. I, I need a laugh track uh, for you tonight, Whispering. Uh, just let me get that up. Um, Jack Viney. I mean, he, he's just incredible. I, I know they they took him to the rooms. They probably jabbed him full of um, painkillers, but. Um, that contact that he had late in the game uh, on uh, his, his his opposition captain uh, Shannon Hearn, he led with that sore shoulder and um, 
it just shows <laughs> what it, you know how how committed he is um, to the ball and well, to get that ball. All right, well that's right, but uh, we weren't a one man show because no. uh, a number of our players um, picked up uh, you know at least twenty disposals, which is a pretty good effort for the night, um, including um, uh, Dom Tyson who. You know, came back to form, I thought, with 33 disposals. Uh, he's had his critics, Jordan Lewis, 29. Um, and, of course, um, Clayton Oliver, um, 28 disposals, seven kicks, which is a massive number for him, <laughs> yes, and 21 handballs, yeah. um, and the seven tackles. And, of course, uh, for that, for, for his trouble at half time, um, he was smashed in the chin. And um, I <laughs> think. Uh, We'll probably be talking about that incident very soon, yeah. but uh, I think the tribunal have lost their marbles um, by letting Schofield off. But uh, that's another matter. Well, we'll, well, we will get into more in depth about the uh, Clayton Oliver incident, and uh, we'll, I'd love to take uh, some Demon Landers calls uh, regarding that, uh, and we will talk about it later. We'll, we'll talk more about a couple of the performances by some of the players. Um, uh, now, uh, Whispering, you mentioned all the players that had multiple possessions and Vince also was another one of them uh, that probably played one of his best games this year. Uh, but a, a player, we, we uh, you know, you can't talk about this game and not talk about this player, but Tom McDonald. I mean, uh, I have been saying he's not a forward. I, I can't believe they keep playing him up forward. You know, what, what's, what's Simon Goodwin thinking you know, Tom McDonald is not a natural forward. Tom McDonald has said he's not a forward, but they keep persisting, and I, I'm pulling my hair out week in, week out when I see him down there. But it's paid off. I mean, is Simon Goodwin a genius? What, what, all these moves he's making are working. So maybe I've got to let go and, you know, trust in the coach that he knows what he's doing. Well, it certainly appears like that, but... Um... Before you talk about moves, uh, I think he's coached the team and and set up a style of play that is conducive to players like McDonald and others being moved in and out of position and being versatile because of the pressure game the team plays. So it it all starts in the midfield, and you've got strong midfielders who are persistent, who put on that pressure at the stoppages and get the ball forward. Um, Tom McDonald wouldn't have gotten five goals, um, say, three years ago when, um, say, Paul Ruse in his first year was just concentrating on defence and the ball hardly ever went into our forward line. So we, we were averaging around 30 to 35 inside 50s in some of our games. Well, that number's around 45 to 55 and and beyond. So a player like Tom McDonald can move into the forward line because he has got talent, he can mark, and strangely enough, he's more accurate in front of goal than he is down back uh, when we do sometimes tear our hair out and um, he streams out of the back line and seems to kick it to the wrong person. Yeah, um yeah, and I've been I've been one. I don't think I've been too critical of of him in the back line. I know he sometimes uh, just sort of kicks it willy nilly, and we hold our breath. But um, I I definitely have been a critic of him being in the forward line, and and I'm happy to be um, proven wrong. 
and it, it will be interesting to see if he does it this week or whether. Um, and we'll talk later about the Swans game because you know there are different matchups with different teams, and you got one of the best forwards in the in the uh, league that we're playing against uh, this week. But as I said, we'll talk about that later. Um, another person that you know we we can't not mention when we talk about this game was the return of Maxi Gorn, and um, I mean, wasn't it nice to to for once win the hitouts? Um, no, we actually yes, we did win the hitouts, um, fifty-five to forty-one, and those hitouts to advantage. I think I heard somewhere that he had. I was trying to look for the stat, but I couldn't find it. But I heard at one stage in the game he had had sixteen hitouts to advantage, and as you know, in the past, you know, ten weeks, we've had to shark all of our um, all of our uh, clearances away, but. Uh, you know. Well, you know, against the Western Bulldogs, we didn't even get the 16 hitouts, or, or for that <laughs> yeah. matter, the week before against Collingwood. So to get 16 hitouts to advantage on top of another 26 hitouts, many of which went to neutral territory, yeah. and um, one actually, I noticed, resulted in a West Coast yes, goal, but did. we that won't was, talk about that. That was a terrible one. But, uh, uh, and uh, we've just got a call now, so we'll take that, uh, we'll take that now. Hello, you are on. Hello, you're on the air. Uh, with uh, Andy and Whispering Jack. Hello. G'day, Andy and uh, Whispering Jack. It's uh, Bin Man calling in. First time, long time. First time, long ago. Bin Man, welcome uh, to the Demon Land podcast. Um, and how's your bin, Bin Man? Uh, it's good, good. It's uh, it's filling most of the time, but uh, not all the time. Um, just want to call in the, the stats. Uh, Whispering Jack was talking about... Um, the midfield and uh, uh, some remarkable. I'm not a huge Rowan Colony uh, Connolly fan, I have to say, but uh, he had an article this week. I think it was referenced in there was even might have been a thread about it on Deanland about why we can win the flag, which yes. is a pretty um, exciting title for a, uh, a an article, I must say. But that's some really interesting stats in there about our midfield. Um, going into the round, um, it says Melbourne was ranked number one on the differential for disposals number three for contested ball, and number four for clearances. But the remarkable thing is that uh, only Clayton Oliver is in the top 30 possession getters. Uh, and clearance is even, is even more amazing. It was um, only Oliver and Viney are in the top 60 for clearances, with um, more than, what did they say here, more than 20, uh, let's see, no fewer than nine Melbourne players currently average more than 20 disposals per game. Uh, which is, I think, pretty remarkable. It's it's a real team effort, and I think that's that's part of uh, what uh, Simon Goodwin's building uh, here. Yes, and it's it's testament to the evenness of the side because, you know, what what I don't like when I see some other clubs is, uh, and Geelong. I'm not a big fan of Geelong, although I noticed that three of the on the couch panel have Geelong in the top four, and they are thereabouts at the moment. But, gee, if, you, if if they had an injury run like Melbourne and lost one of Dangerfield and Selwood for an extended period of time, I think they might be in trouble because they don't have the type of evenness some of the other clubs up there have. Yeah, Would no, that be a I'm fair comment? A little bit to ruse and the way he structured um, even Sydney with really, you know, needing... Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve midfielders who can run through the midfield. But you see on the weekend and in other games, Hannon goes there a bit of time, and even Jeffy goes up there into the midfield sometimes. 
Yeah, I think that's that's you know a really good thing for us because it also means that um, if we have a couple of injuries, uh, we've got plenty of uh, other players that can come into the mix, and we're not sort of relying on one or two players, um, you know, because you mentioned Geelong, and uh, you know they. They were still able to win with um, with Selwood going down, but can you imagine uh, the other Dangerfield went down as well? That uh, you know, that start to be in trouble. The, you know, their, their depth doesn't go too far. And and mind yeah. you, I was I was supporting Fremantle um, last all, Sunday. We all were. <laughs> yeah, just didn't happen. Uh, and I think the other thing about our midfield, which again I think is partly a ruse sort of thing, is the uh, how big some of the boys are. Like. Um, he really likes those, Ruse really liked those six-footers, you know, 90 kilos running through the midfield. Um, and, you know, Geelong, I think, have got those two, Selwood and um, Dangerfield. Well, I don't know if they've got so many other, but if you think Hannon, he must be, well, I guess, 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, and, um, you know, all those boys, except probably Abiney, are up around that six-foot mark. And you've got someone like Vandenberg who... Uh, could come back in, and even Joel Smith, who is a halfback flanker, but they could run him through the midfield. I reckon. Well, that's right. But we we also have um, a big-bodied player like um, like Christian Petrarca, um, you know, who's a decent size for midfield. Um, and you know, Clayton Oliver's, you know, probably would have been a full forward if he was playing back in 1964. Um, but he's a midfielder today. Um, and we've got guys like and looking taller, isn't he? Yep. Now, now yeah. you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the Rowan Connolly article, um, and there was also uh, on the couch. Was it on the couch that uh, sort of did their top four predictions, uh, their preliminary final week predictions? And three of the panelists had the D's in there, and the one that didn't have us in uh, said that we would be fifth. Um, are you worried about sort of, uh, you know, the media, we're the media darling at the moment and uh, everyone's sort of patting us on the back? Do you, do you think that type of thing's going to go to the players' heads or do you think Simon Goodwin's sort of got things under control and uh, can sort of steady, steady them? Uh, me? Now, um, look, oh, yep. I really, I have to say, I really like Goodwin's approach. He's, he's, uh, he's so calm. It was quite amazing seeing that footage of him in the box because it was an unusual, yeah, when... Uh, team that kicked that goal because uh, it was an unusual sort of expression of emotion for him and he's so sort of calm I think that that's sort of the language they're talking about even the sort of the way they're prepared for these multiple six-day breaks I heard Viney talk about it as a positive at one stage I think that's so drummed into them um, you know that I think that I don't know that they'll get sort of swept away by the you know the media or that sort of hype I think they're in their bubble and he's worked really hard at building that that bubble and uh, at the moment I don't see external things even the, even the thing with Oliver I don't really see that disrupting the sort of energy within the group So you mentioned uh, the thing with Oliver, maybe we can talk about that now um, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that and once you give your thoughts I'll, I'll talk about mine and Whispering I'm sure has also some opinions but um, <laughs> for me alright I'll, I'll let you go, <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, I, I posted a bit of that on Demonland and then I had to uh, retire gracefully from this red because... Um, but I think that it was coloured by the fact that he dropped, that yeah. he fell. Yeah. And to me, it's a bit of a moot point that whether he fell or didn't fall. And I wonder what would happen if he'd actually stood up and, um, and not fallen, 
whether in fact he would have been lauded for his courage by those sort of Kerrys and the Brereton's and the Gary Lyons and uh, Schofield would have perhaps got a fine um, and it wouldn't have gone anywhere and uh, he would have come out with his reputation enhanced mm. but it was all about him falling. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, I think it's ridiculous because you either get hit or you don't get hit. It's a moot point for me whether he fell or not. Um, yeah. And I, I really did make me wonder about the that whole thing, to be honest, about the trust of players towards the media because it seemed to me that, you know, why would you trust if you're like Gary Lyon who's who's been out with a mental health issue for 12 months from his job, coming on and sort of having a shot at a young fellow who not only did they criticise him for, really it was about being soft, but more than, you know, falling, but also calling him a liar. He was, he said that he was shocked and that's why he, felt, he explained himself. Yeah, yeah. But I don't really see why that's relevant. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, I've got to go by what he says, but... Um... I can't help but think that his um, his reputation has been tarnished. It, but not even by forget the media people, but everyone that I've spoken to, you know, mates of mine, not non Melbourne supported mates, um, uh, are bagging the guy and calling him a diver and uh, you know calling him a you know a, you know a pussy or whatever. They're they're really you know giving it to him, and they're you know I can't even say to them now how good this kid is. You know he's 19 years old. He's as hard as guts in the you know when he goes for the ball. You know he's I think to them now he's forever tarnished by you know the incident that happened. Um, the other thing I'd add is that Rance two weeks ago or was it a week ago he got found guilty for um, staging and yeah. got a $1,500 fine. He was found guilty of it, but he hardly copped any criticism. No. And this is a fellow who hit, um, when he um, dropped his elbow into what his face that, um, when was it, last year? Yeah, it's last um, year. You know, people were sort of saying, well, we understand his frustration. I yeah. mean, it's it's. I find it remarkable that, that they've, they've really, and it's, it's sort of, the, you know, it's ex-players who, I think have really jumped into him, and you know I just don't think it's it's fair on him. And well, I mean I posted on Demonland that you know maybe the club should come out, and you know I think it's probably like I I think there'll be a pretty fierce response from the boys to get around him this week. I reckon. Yeah, I I just hope he he doesn't start copying booze um, from the opposition. And all right, yeah, as long as it doesn't affect his game, then then all right, let him boo. But yeah, that'll be an interesting one to see how, how he handles it um, going forward. Uh, Whispering Jack, what are your thoughts on, on this? Well, perhaps if I can put a different slant on it, because there's no doubt he, he did get a blow to the chin. Um, I think the the thing about the tribunal last night, and I'm speaking now as a lawyer, is that um, I think David Grace QC, who represented Schofield and who is a... Melbourne lawyer who I know quite well, I think he did a brilliant job because he questioned the not only the way that Clayton Oliver um, carried himself, but he also questioned the evidence of the Melbourne doctor. And I think um, that was pretty courageous and he got away with it. Uh, and if you remember when, um, when Jesse Hogan was uh, charged uh, by the match committee and uh, got t- a two-week penalty for striking um, Sam Rowe mm-hmm. uh, in the Carlton game. Uh, the evidence of the Carlton doctor was that uh, Rowe, on the night of the game, was suffering 
from headaches. And uh, I thought, you know, this is, from a legal point of view, this is really ripe for a legal challenge because those headaches could have been caused by anything. And uh, I think Melbourne chose not to contest that match review panel decision because you just didn't question club doctors. And uh, I think there'll be a change now because it'll be on for representatives at tribunals to do that. And um, I think Clayton Olive was done very poorly and so was the Melbourne club doctor. Um, and also the other I, aspect I, of... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was about to say, I 100% agree. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because Sheffield only got four possessions and in a funny way... Surely he'd be in the frame for getting dropped this week. It'd be <laughs> ironic if they do drop him for form, you know, given that he was only going to get a week. But I agree. And the other thing about uh, um, David Grace is that he argued and perhaps put some doubt into the uh, equation by saying that maybe Oliver hurt himself when he lunged at a later point at Showfield, which was, <laughs> you know, I think the... And I mean, another thing that came up with D-Man was quite interesting, that Henwood was... One of the tribunal members, I think, I might be wrong, um, that was involved in the um, uh, AFL, uh, in the Essendon saga. So, you know, I, I do wonder about the tribunal, I have to say. Yeah, well, don't get me started on that, because the other aspect I was going to speak of about the tribunal was that the decision came immediately after the Bashahuli decision, where the tribunal very strangely only gave Hooley two weeks for a real king hit that concussed an mm. opponent. And my guess is that the tribunal, when they started looking into the um, incident with um, Schofield and Oliver, thought, well, gee, if we um, find um, Schofield guilty, we now have to give him two weeks, which is the same as what we gave Basha Hooley, and that is going to make us look really stupid. So perhaps they were looking for ways to get Schofield off the hook um, so that um, so that they wouldn't look stupid. And now um, the AFL has appealed against the Hooley decision. So um, I, th I think the whole tribunal system needs to be looked at very carefully, including match re review panels. The inconsistency uh, is terrible. And as you say, I mean, it totally opens up the um, dialogue about, um, um, you know, whether they should be challenged. Because next time there's a jumper punch, if there's no real evidence of uh, a jumper punch doing any damage, surely if they get a week at the MRP, they're just going to go to the tribunal now, aren't they? Yeah, I think it's going to happen more, more and more now. Um, most definitely. Whispering Jack, from your legal point of view, do you think that's what's going to happen? Well, I, I think um, unless players are very dumb, it's going to happen less and less because um, nobody's going to be willing to jump a punch. It, no. it really is a pretty ordinary act and it doesn't really have much of, a, of an effect well, other than, you know, maybe possible Maybe elbowing will be the new jumper, jumper punching. <laughs> what was that? I missed that. Sorry. Maybe elbowing to the chin will be the new jumper punching. Yes, could be. Yes, a glancing elbow to the chin. Um, no, I don't think that's a good look either. No, no, nor do I. Mm. Well, I don't Thanks think... Thanks a lot, fellas, for the show. I'm going to have to go now and, uh, yeah, I'll keep on listening. Not a problem. Okay. Thank you very much for calling. Always nice to put, to put a voice uh, to a name. Uh, thank you hey. for calling.
Thanks, big man. Terrific, guys. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Bye. mate. Cheers. All right, that was uh, D-Milan poster Bin Man and um, probably should have asked him uh, how he came up with uh, his uh, username. Always uh, interested to, uh, to to hear how people came up with some of their uh, usernames. Uh, Whispering, yeah, ja- Whispering Jack, well, I, d- I know your, your username. <laughs> no, well, bin, bin Man probably was brought up watching Sesame Street and liked Oscar <laughs> the Grouch. Was Oscar the Grouch the one who... Spent his life in a bin. Yes, he yes he was. Um, All right. Well, <laughs> perhaps perhaps bin man might call us back and confirm <laughs> the origin of his name. Well, he doesn't need to. If uh, bin man, you you can jump on the um, and this is to all people listening to this live or um, listening to the replay of this. Um, we do have a chat room at demonland.com slash podcast. You can join and chat with us and chat with other Demon fans while you listen to this show uh, live every week, Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Um, yeah, get on the uh, chat room. I think we might have just had uh, – did we just have another call come in? No, that was um, that was Big Man's call from before. Um, yeah, so uh, join us uh, live uh, every week, 8.30 p.m., and join us in the chat room at demonland.com podcast. Um, yeah, so moving on, we did talk about uh, – I talked with Big Man. We just asked him about, you know, being the uh, – the media's darlings this week. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was all about Richmond, Richmond, Richmond. But now uh, everyone's it seems to be on the Demons bandwagon and has us sort of uh, in top four contention. But um, me, who suffers MFC SS, is still thinking, well, can we, um, can we, can we make the finals? <laughs> so, uh, well, it's a good question. We <laughs> we have eight wins at the moment, yeah. so. Most and a reasonably good percentage. So unless we cop a, a Geelong-like round twenty-three flogging of over a hundred points, that'll that'll stay high. So maybe we only need to win four out of nine, and uh, I'm hoping it'll be closer to eight out of nine. But uh, you know, we can all dream. Uh, but you know, Rowan Connolly, and I do want to say, I think rowan connolly uh, is finishing up at the age and there are a lot of people who don't like him but i think he's a quite an intelligent commentator and he writes some good material for the age and unfortunately the age over the last couple of months has gone downhill so rapidly in a number of areas and particularly in terms of some great sports writers and look the only reason i bought the age over the last few years is is the sports pages and, uh, you know, the cricket writers um, and the football writers. And even sometimes I had a grudging admiration for Caroline, whatever her name is. Um, But Rowan Connolly, I think, was one of the best. And and it's very sad that uh, he probably won't be writing for The Age, but I'm sure he'll find somewhere else and uh, he'll still be involved in the media. Well, perhaps we can get him down as a writer for uh, Demon Land. Um, well, I think last week, uh, we, uh, Grape Viney and I were, were having a go at Rowan Connolly because uh, he didn't include um, uh, Michael Hibbard in, the, uh, in his uh, best um, recruits of the year. So, oh, well, that uh, <laughs> stands to reason, doesn't it? Because he, Rowan Connolly would never write for Demon Land because he's an Essendon supporter. <laughs> um, and... So, you know, I think he would have had a mental blank um, on Michael Hibbert and probably um, wouldn't even consider Jake Melksham as a decent recruit because 
you know, these Essendon supporters are a funny crowd. Mm-hmm. Well, I must say, we, we, you mentioned uh, Jake Milksham, and I, I really think uh, he's shown a bit in the last few weeks, and um, I think he's probably cemented his spot in the 22. Um, I know that the coach is a big fan of his, and, um, uh, you know, many people even on Demon Land were... were you know, we're perhaps saying that, um, you know, he was one of the coach's favourites and that's why he was getting a game. But uh, I think we've got to trust in uh, Goodwin. I think he knows what he's doing. Well, that's right. And it does help to be one of the coach's favourites. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we can perhaps talk. We, had, uh, we didn't come through this game unscathed and, um, you know... Got a couple of injuries. Uh, I noticed. I could tell from the beginning. Garlett just didn't look a hundred percent. You know, he's he's been pretty good this year. He's done a lot of chasing. Um, you know, in the Ford Fifty, a lot of pressure. Um, he does a lot of running, and often sort of, you know, when we're doing the forward press, he's the one running, streaming into goals, and he just sort of wasn't doing that. He didn't have the same zip in him, and you could tell him. He might have been carrying something going into this game and, you know, it turns out that, yeah, he did have a hammy. I think late in the game, I think it might have been Harms had it or someone or Bug or someone had it on sort of the half-forward line and there was no one in front of him except Garlett and instead of Garlett just sort of making a beeline towards goal to get one of those, you know, kicks over the top where he runs onto it, um, Garlett sort of ran at the guy with the ball rather than run and you could just tell there was something something wrong with uh, with his legs. And it turns out there there was so, yeah we're gonna we're gonna miss him. It seems like he's not going to play. Um, yes, and and we know that Christian Salem is going to be out for four weeks. Yes, thankfully not four to six. Well, we don't know uh, that yet. Well, you know, if it would have been four to six, I would have written him off for the year. But um, four weeks uh, with a hamstring, so it must must be a fairly. Um, Bad hamstring, you know, not not a Max Gorn type, mm. but uh, you know, on the scale of hamstrings, the the standard back in the old days, back in 1964, when old D and I were <laughs> going to the games, uh, usually a hamstring was three weeks. Well, uh, soft tissue injuries and their treatment has changed a lot in the in the intervening years. So, um, but yeah, so obviously, <laughs> medicine's gone backwards. Yeah, you know, it's now four weeks. So, well. Uh, Christian Saylor, but we, I mean, last week we were we talked about him, and you know, we um, there were there had been an article written about him saying that you know it's great he finally you know he's over all of his uh, niggling injuries and all that, and you know for him to go down, it's pretty cruel because um, he's been playing some pretty good footy this year. Well, he has, and uh, you know, there are a few Melbourne supporters who are uh, just wrapped in him, and uh, I think we were sitting next to some of them at the Bulldogs game because. Every time he got near the ball, they, they were cheering. So, you know, it may have been his family, of course. Um, but, um, you know, they were speaking a strange language like uh, Lebanese or Arabic or something like that. So, you know, maybe it was his family. Um, but, uh, look, despite that, um, those of us who had the opportunity of watching the Channel 7 broadcast of a rare Casey game on the on Saturday would have seen, you know, a few midfielders pushing up and guys like, first of all, if you're talking about Jeff Garlett being out, then um, Dean Kent, whose form has been pretty wishy-washy even in the VFL, the last couple of weeks he's stepped up a bit and uh, 
really did well against the Box Hill Hawks, so he might be the replacement for Jeff Garlett. Well, there's a, um, there's a, there's two players probably vying for that uh, Garlett spot, and that's uh, JKH, who who I will say has signed. Uh, was it a one-year extension to his uh, contract? Um, yes, yeah. Um, and he's a bin man like the big blokes, but he's a little man. Um, but he has really stepped up at Casey in the last month or so after being unceremoniously dumped from the senior team. Um, and he had 47 possessions one week and something like about 15 in half a game when he was held back for the Collingwood game on Queen's birthday and he's getting in the high 30s. So he's likely to be rewarded as well. Yeah, so uh, uh, Binman in the chat room uh, has said that uh, uh, Wagner is the obvious replacement for Salem and it will either be Kent or JKH for Garlett. Uh, Kent is the more obvious choice, but JKH has played so well in the last few weeks that he won't be surprised if they reward that form, as you said. Um, well, they ha- they have to reward good form at some stage, um, particularly when you have gaps in the lineup as we do have. We've got not only Garlett and Salem out, but I think most of us expected Jack Watts to be back in this week, and he's not. Yeah, it sounds uh, like he's not. Um, I mean, that's uh, so you've got uh, you know no Hogan, no Watts, no Garlett. That that's that's our forward line. Uh, pretty much uh, decimated. Um, any other year, you would uh, write us off, but we're still managing to kick a hundred points almost every game. Uh, you know, with pretty big names out of our forward line, we're still able to score. And I think that's that. That's that whole that, that this new game plan that um, that Goodwin's got going. Uh, you know, we can still score high scores. Well, you know, you, we had the. Luxury of having Tom McDonald kicking five yes, goals, but even without against... McDonald kicking five goals, we've still been able to. Yeah, to but we had we had McDonald kicking five goals and Jesse Hogan, who's been known to kick seven in a game, not there, um, and Sam Wiedemann kicking six for Casey, including four in the first quarter and one a couple of minutes into the second um, well, so, before the... he was, you know, double teamed and had three blokes on him. Um, and he looked really good there. So do without, uh, obviously, we're not going to have Watts back. So Wiedemann kicking six, do, does he get another Does he get another go? Um, people have mm. been critical of Wiedemann saying he's not ready yet. Um, uh, earlier in the year, uh, Great Viney and I were quite big fans of his, and we, we just thought it's, it's going to click for him soon, but it just wasn't happening, so we were quite happy for him to have a stint in the twos. Is it time to recall him? Uh, or, or we'll just go with the way we've been going with uh, Tom McDonald up forward? Well, we'll probably know this time tomorrow, won't we? But uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's it's a good thing to keep players back and put them in when they're fully ready. Um, whether he's ready now after kicking six goals, um, playing against the Swans, uh, given that we've had Tom McDonald kicking five, I'm not sure that, uh, it's going to be necessary to change up the lineup, and then the other argument is six-day break. We need any way to bring in a few fresh players, um, so we don't know how it's going to go. And that's one of the interesting things about Melbourne selections this year that uh, there's a fair air of mystery about it. That's a good thing. 
I mean, we've we've got quite good good depth, but uh, there have been times when uh, we're not using that uh, depth yet. Um, obviously, with injuries, but uh, he hasn't. Did, there, there's times when I, I think Goodwin's going to make changes, and he doesn't. He, he stays with the with the lineup. Um, he backs in his players, but uh, obviously with Salem uh, and Garlett injured, he's, he's going to have to bring in a couple of those small forwards. And possibly well, uh, your mate, uh, Wagner. Uh, Wagner, you Wagner. mean? Yes. <laughs> Wagner, you know, it's just the musical connotations are, are wonderful. Well, he, um, he is a, a Demon Land sponsor. We, we do sponsor him down at Demon Land, so uh, we welcome his return back into the team. Well, you know, he's got to be picked first, but... Yes. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, we would be very happy to have him in the team because if he was, uh, you and I sponsor Maxi Gorn, um, Demon Land sponsors Jaden Hunt, and uh, we, if we get Josh Wagner in, we're, we're sort of, it's, it's like a real Demon Land team, isn't it? It is, and, and I will also uh, mention that uh, along with a mate of mine, um, I sponsor Joel Smith uh, just as a personal sponsorship, not through uh, Demon Land. And he's back. Um, by all reports, he'll be back this week and has been training the house down, to use a popular pre-season phrase. Um, yeah, so good to see Joel Smith uh, back back in the red and blue, if only right. for Casey for the moment. But And playing against him. the red and blue of Port Melbourne uh, at the weekend. Um, and both Casey and Port Melbourne have the same club song. So Do they? For, <laughs> At the end of the game, if it's a draw, they can still play the song. It's fantastic. Is that the Demons uh, tune? Well, Keep Your Eye on the Red and Blue is the Port Melbourne uh, song. They have red and blue stripes. Yes, as, yeah. I, as I, those of us who, who are regular watchers of the VFL football and who go down to the North Port Oval and feast on those Borough Burgers, which are <laughs> unbelievable, um, better than Maccas. Well, I'm sure <laughs> that's probably not a hard thing to achieve. Um, so this is actually good that we've got you here whispering because uh, usually when we're talking about changes and we sort of, uh, Great Viney and I do not watch any of the VFL. Um, uh, so you do. Who else is in the mix? Not, not necessarily for this week, but just in general, who's playing, who's playing well? Okay, well, I think, uh, we should keep an eye on um, Corey Maynard, who is a category, what is it, a category A or B? I'm not exactly sure. Um, he's he's a player who has a basketball background. His father, Peter Maynard, played a few games for Melbourne back in the early 80s, um, went to uh, Glenelg in South Australia and became a legend of the game there came back and worked for a while at the Melbourne Football Club. Um, and then his son, uh, the other Maynard who plays for the club that we won't mention, um, was drafted to them and is a good young player. But Corey Maynard came from a basketball background and since coming into the Casey side, he's averaging something like 25 possessions a game. He may well get a promotion before the uh, end of the year. When you say promotion, uh, did you say he's a rookie player at the moment? Or yeah, he's, in... he's some form of rookie lister at yeah. the moment. Some One of our listeners might enlighten us on the category, but uh, 
we were able to draft him straight off as a player who hadn't played AFL football or or any form of football for uh, three years and had come through the basketball system. I think he played in the NBL for one of the teams, maybe up north, and uh, decided to have a crack at footy and since he's come into the Casey team, he's been very good. Had a couple of weeks off with a concussion, but that's what happens to players in the VFL, as Angus Brayshaw would probably know. But mm. uh, he's he's not far off. He's a midfielder, big-bodied, plays hard, could get a gig one day, but he's got to find a gap in the team to get in. And uh, look, the... There's one player that I think most Melbourne supporters love out there in the VFL, and that's Jack Trengove. Some people think that football may have passed him by. He's not all that fast. Others thought that with Nathan Jones out, Jack might get a run. Uh, I think it would be a tragedy if his career ends without him, without us seeing him playing in the, in the Melbourne Colours on the MCG because in those first couple of years before he suffered all of his injuries, he looked like he was a great player in the, in the making. And when you think that we drafted him one place ahead of Dustin Martin, who's looking at million-dollar contracts, it's tragic from my point of view that he's not getting games. Uh, Canberra Demon has said that uh, he's a Canterbury B rookie uh Oh, well, he said, Canterbury B bookies are players from non-traditional recruiting backgrounds. Uh, so I don't know if that means uh, the, the guy you were talking about. Uh, but yep. in terms of uh, Trengove, um, yeah, it is It is a shame. Last week we were uh, talking about, um, you know, whether he would uh, get a call-up uh, this, this week, considering that uh, Jonesy was out. Um, and you would think that if he doesn't get, in the in the next couple of weeks, it's... Um, doesn't get a game, you'd, you'd think that might be all over. What, when's his contract uh, expire at the end of the year? Yeah, 31st of October, I think. So uh, unless they offer him a new contract, uh, perhaps they may be inclined to keep him on. He's 25 years of age. Yeah, uh, They might keep him on, uh, perhaps delist him and pick him up as a mature-age rookie. Yeah, given... Um... Given his reputation, his loyalty, what happened to him in those dark years, I know people don't like uh, trading on sympathy and and that sort of thing, but I think there might still be something in keeping him. So I've got my fingers crossed for him. He's one of my favourites. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of his. I would like to see him get another crack, you know, just to show whether he's still got it or not. But um, you'd think uh, the longer it goes where he's not gonna, not getting a game, uh, particularly when his form's been good uh, in the twos, if he's not going to get a game, then you'd think it's almost curtains for him. And they, they might keep him around at Casey for a bit, but I don't know. I don't think it, it bodes too well for him if he's not getting a game in the seniors. Well, that's right. I suppose there's one other player that I, I could mention, um, or two other players. Ben Kennedy played a very good game on uh, Saturday against the Hawks, was nominated as the best player on the ground. The other player 
is a bit of a forgotten man in defence. Uh, and I don't think with Garlett and Salem going out that we need somebody in defence, but Mitch White is very steady playing for Casey in the back line. He's hard and tough and always seems to get a lot of disposals. He had 25 touches last week playing in the back line and in the first half he was really dominant, apart from Sam Wiedemann, of course. Has, has he played a game yet for, for the Ds? Mitch White yeah. uh, played a few games in the last two years. I think he had his debut in the last round of 2015 against GWS yes. and played yeah. quite well. He was uplifted as a rookie. He's still on our rookie list. He's a Category A rookie in that case. Yeah. And uh, I think he may have had a couple of games early last year, but he hasn't been elevated from the rookie list this year. So uh, I would imagine that there would be plenty of spots with the number of players who are out either for the season or indefinite. So uh, you would think they, could, they could fit him in. You think that in terms of the pecking order, though, uh, Wagner looks like the next one to come in in defence if Salem goes out. But then you've probably, now that Joel Smith is back, he was sort of the darling of the, of the team um, early on in the year. So you think he's going to be the, uh, the next cab off the rank? Um, well, for, as if, if, the, if the club's looking for a defender to replace Salem, then Wagner would be the one. Um, if anyone remembers the other game that was televised of Casey's was the game against Collingwood on VFL on Queen's birthday. And he played a magnificent game that day, and I thought he might come straight back into the team. Sorry, who do, who were you saying there? Sorry, <laughs> my mate Wagner. Oh, Wagner. Sorry, yes, 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 yes. A man who plays beautiful music. <laughs> well, I'm, I I I think the boys on uh, one of the other Demon podcasts, the Debrief, they did actually interview um, uh, uh, Wagner, and they did ask him. Uh, they were also calling him Wagner, and they they asked him what how his name is pronounced, and he said Wagner. So uh, <laughs> I think that uh, settles that. Uh... You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> oh, where's my laugh track? I, I need that uh, handy uh, for next time. Uh, oh, there you go. There, there's your applause. Well, that you call that a laugh? Well, it wasn't such a funny joke. If 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 you would have said a funny joke, you might. You know, might have got one of those. <laughs> anyway. Well, I'll tell you what. Invest in some canned laughter next time I'm on, please. Oh, that's that's the. Oh, I can I can do this. I, I think I've got this. <laughs> that's only one guy laughing. Uh. <laughs> that's probably the number of people we have in the audience by this time. Uh, yes, uh, particularly if you keep bringing out your Wagner jokes. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so. We've discussed the changes, uh, you know, looks like Wagner. Wagner for Salem, JKH or Kent for um, for Garlett. Um, Watts isn't coming. Who, who else could – there are two injuries. It looks like Viney will play. Will anyone else come out of the team? No. Uh, well, unless they want to give somebody a rest. But uh, it, it doesn't seem to be Simon Goodwin's style. He hasn't no. – given players rest over the two previous six-day breaks. It's just been replacing players who, who were injured. Uh, so I would expect that 
the, the two outs will be Garlett and Salem. There was some talk about uh, Mitch Hannon suffering some sort of an injury yeah. early in the game against the Eagles, but he looks like he's come up all right. Yeah, and, and, and uh, if he is out, a, if he is out, then then you know the Kent JKH uh, uh, one of them might come in for him. No, but I, I think I don't think Simon Goodwin plays games. Uh, I think he made it very clear this afternoon. Uh, in some sort of press conference that I read about on Twitter, uh, which we certainly didn't have back in 1964. <laughs> Nobody heard of Twitter. That was like for birds. But on Twitter today, it was said that all of those players, uh, Jack Watts, Jesse Hogan, uh, Jeff no. Garlett and Christian Salem, they confirmed a day ahead of team selection that none of those players were playing in the game on Sunday night. And I don't think Simon Goodwin plays games. So. No, he hasn't this whole year. Whenever he said something like that, it's 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 been, you, you can take it to the bank. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting if, if he is foxing, because I, I actually thought that, that because Watts wasn't in and Gala had gone out, I thought maybe Hogan was a little sneaky chance to, to play because I think it's pretty much confirmed that he'll probably play next week against Carlton. I thought they might bring him back uh, this week, but it uh, doesn't look like it now. No, and I, I think it would be sort of poetic justice for him to come on, play against um, play against Carlton, who've, whose doctor stitched him up last time, <laughs> and uh, stick it right up him. Yeah. That, Kick that... 10 goals on comeback. That would be nice. Um, we're actually... Oh, oh, sorry about that. We're actually going to... Um, the two of us are going to miss that game um, live. We're going to be away um, for it. But um, we will be um, catching it on uh, on our iPads or iPhones or whichever uh, method um, <laughs> we can to watch it. Uh, nothing's going to stop us from watching that game. Yeah, but let's forget about that game because as all good football fans, we're taking it one week at a time. Exactly. And this week it's Sydney. And I will mention uh, with Sydney the Sydney game. Uh, it's Friday night. We, you know, we have not been. When was the last time we played on a Friday night? And also, when was the last time we won on a Friday night? Do you, do you have those stats, Andy? Well, if you read Demon Land and you read uh, the Oracle's preview, it's it's all in there. Um, but the last time we won on a Friday night, I believe, might be the day that it might have even been Max Gorn's debut game. Back in about 2011, Melbourne played Essendon. Yep. We were going through a bad trot. We'd lost on another Friday night to Carlton in that bruise free game. Yes. And uh, what do you call it? MFC, SS, silly stuff, whatever well, it is. It's syndrome, something. Emma, so, yeah, whatever syndrome. it is, uh, I think we were going through that a bruise-free football, and all of a sudden, all of our young players at the time, Scully and Trengove and Jordan Kisbets, Max Gorn in his first game, who totally embarrassed me that night because <laughs> he took a mark with about 10 minutes to go right in front, and I let all and sundry yes. know that I was his sponsor, <laughs> and then he kicked a point. Bloody <laughs> I I told um, I told Max that story on this very podcast, um, 
and he uh, wasn't too happy about being reminded about that kick. <laughs> well, I'll remind him about it again because that sort of thing shouldn't happen. And the only way we can prevent it from happening is by bringing it up time and time again. <laughs> Uh, he was tongue in cheek, uh, upset about, All right, about okay. me saying that. Um... So that was the, that was the last Melbourne Friday night win, which goes back about five or six years. The late uh, Dean Bailey was our coach, and I thought it was a great game. I loved it, but we sort of fell into the old pattern that year, and uh, it was downhill all the way for a couple of years and. I think we played games, some games against, I think it was Hawthorne. We got absolutely smashed. That was probably in 2012, and we haven't played a Friday night game since. The AFL hasn't invited us to do so. But if you want to go back to uh, our last home win on a Friday night at the MCG, on television, it was against Geelong in round 6, 2006, so we beat them quite comfortably, I believe. Not that comfortably. Um, it was a wet day. Yeah. Uh, they kicked very poorly. We kicked straight, and that's what I'm hoping happens <laughs> on Friday night. Um, but uh, two weeks later, we played Hawthorne, and it was a Hawthorne home game. We beat Hawthorne by 75 points that day, and the Hawks didn't have, and this is ironic, as you would read in on Demon Land that day in 2006. We beat the Hawks by 75 points. They had two young players on the list by the name of Buddy Franklin and Jordan Lewis. Uh, neither of them played because they were injured that day. They came, both came back from injury the following week. Lewis got about 30 possessions for Hawthorne. Franklin started kicking goals, and that was the start of the Hawthorne dynasty. Mm. And you know what happened to Melbourne after 2006. So it's rather ironical that on Friday night, Buddy Franklin lines up against Melbourne playing for Sydney and Jordan Lewis lines up for Melbourne playing against Sydney. Yes, uh, very nice. Uh, actually, we only won that uh, Geelong game by six points, so I don't know where my, my memory uh, has, has gone. It was 13-9 to 11-15. Well, there you go. That's a, right. I call that a flogging. That, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll take that on Friday night. If we win with that score, I'll take it. Yeah, that and would... I will let every Sydney Swans supporter, <laughs> both of them, know all about it. Well, they actually get uh, get a good crowd at, uh, at uh, games in Melbourne. So um, I'm hoping there is a great crowd there. Um, there will definitely be a lot of people watching the game. Uh, both Melbourne and Sydney are the two informed teams of the competition at the moment. And it's yep. very important for us to get a good crowd out there. So, you know, obviously anyone listening to this podcast is a, is a you know, diehard fan. So, Well, you, well that's right. But get if, down there. If you, if you know any Sydney Swan supporters, and in fact, if you know any GWS supporters, tell them to come with their Harry Krishna gear on and they can, they're quite welcome to come and stand behind the goals too and look like idiots, which they do when, they, when we play GWS at the MCG, which isn't often enough. But I love watching those clowns in their whatever that garb that they wear, those fake supporters from a fake club. <laughs> okay. I'm starting to sound like Donald Trump, aren't I? We're not actually playing GWS. I'm not sure if anyone's told you that. We are playing No, Sydney. no, no, but I, I was talking about inviting <laughs> oh, some of okay. those GWS supporters 
uh, and then there's only about 25 of them in, in the whole Commonwealth of Australia, um, <laughs> inviting them to come to our games, the ones who live in Melbourne anyway. So we are, um, <laughs> it's very important that you get your mates down, get your friends, uh, get your family, get your dogs down there. Um, we really need a big crowd a big crowd there because we want Friday night games. We want to be, it's good for sponsorship. We say it every week, good for sponsorships. Uh, you know, it, 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 you know, raises our profile. We want, you know, the next generation of kids to start following the D's. So it's important we get wins on a Friday night as well. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's right. Because you hear these Collingwood supporters talking about uh, how they magnanimously give us the Queen's birthday blockbuster game every year which is very nice of Eddie but that's about all we get you know teams like Collingwood get four five six Friday night games and Thursday night games and all the other only have to travel three times a year yeah they you know and 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 still they can't even make the eight pathetic yeah absolutely Um, but you know since 1964 I've had it in for those Collingwood supporters and (laughs) You know, I just love it. The last four times we've played them, we've beaten them, and we play them again later on in the year. And I'll, I won't talk about it because we only talk about things one week at a time here. But, uh, yeah, Collingwood, we're out to get you. Yeah, and we will uh, get to play them again uh, in the final round of the, the home and away season. So, uh, yeah, let's... Uh... Let's hope we win that. But, we're, you know, as you said, we're taking it one week at a time. Let's not uh, talk about that. Um, you know, Is it we... the final round, is it? We play Collingwood in the final round. Yeah, round 23. So uh, um, oh, well, they'll, oh. they'll be trying to uh, ruin any of our chances. Uh, hopefully be, we're ensconced I'll in... Fa- I'll be saying farewell to Nathan Buckley as coach. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, that could... <laughs> well, he might be gone before then if, uh, well, if yeah. the form continues. No, but... Um, uh, is this uh, well? You sort of said this is a. It is a bit of a hoodoo game that we need to break. Uh, winning on a Friday night since two thousand and six. Of course, we broke another hoodoo on the weekend. Um, you know, our Perth. We hadn't won there since two thousand and three, um, and so I thought we only had one remaining um, home and away season hoodoo. Uh, but Friday night. Winning on Friday night is also a hoodoo. So yeah, let's let's tick that one off this week. And um, in a few weeks, we've got uh, probably one of the last home and away ones against uh, the Kangaroos. So I don't think we've beaten them in a very long time. Yes, well, yes, that's an, that's for another night. That's for another. That is for another night. Um, so we are playing on um, playing Friday night now. Uh, a bit of housekeeping here for for the Demon Land podcast. I am going away on the weekend, um, so I won't be. Well, I won't, probably won't be able to record the podcast next week. So, uh, what I've talked about with Grapevine, he'll be back from holidays. We might do a special edition of the Demon Land podcast live for you on Saturday. Hopefully, celebrating a win from the night before. Um, but even if we don't win, we'll, we'll be there. We'll, we'll probably do our podcast on on, um, on the on the Saturday afternoon uh, at some point. But um, once I see him on Friday night, I'll we'll lock down a time. So uh, we'll let you know. Um, is there anything else whispering, Jack? Well, you know, why can't you do it live from the game? 
you know, at the 29 minute mark of the last quarter. Well, I, I first of all, I, I want to pay attention, and we do have we we do have another caller, very special caller, calling in. Hello, hello, caller. You are on the air. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Whispering. Hello, this is Santiago. Ah, oh, Santiago. Um, hi. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you guys? Very good, very good. Welcome to the Demon Land podcast. And and how are things in Chile? <laughs> um, a little bit closer than Chile. Just uh, just, just frosty. In, uh, see, see, yeah. I didn't think I didn't think we had any uh, female fans of, of the Demon Land podcast, but it's good to uh, good to know that we do. Well, you know, I get paid a lot to download the podcast. Thank so you. Keeping our, no, just kidding. Keeping our numbers um, up. Yeah, you know how it is. But I actually thought I would call in as a um, Demonland, oh, a Demonland fan, but also a Demon fan that is kind of jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, we do. We do like our bandwagon supporters, but we do like our bandwagon supporters to buy memberships as well. So um, put your money where your mouth is, Santiago. (laughs) I'm I'm trying. I've been working on it. Is it true that the last game you went to was the? 2000 grand final Melbourne versus Essendon? That is not true. The last game I went to was Melbourne versus... Fremantle. (laughs) Fremantle. (laughs) Possibly even worse. (laughs) This year. This year. So you you have got the last two games you've gone to, we've lost a grand final and lost to one of the poorest teams in the competition when we should have won. I think you should stay at home. Well, I was gonna I was gonna ask if I should go to the game on uh, Friday night because Andy was saying that everyone should get down, but he's saying that I should maybe stay at home for this one. No, I I will. I, you can give your ticket to someone else, and I I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to go to any more games. Well, the thing is that I I actually I don't I don't like suspense, and the thing that I felt about. Um, well, in the past, you know, however many years, Melbourne's been pretty bad. Are you allowed to swear on this podcast? Um, no. Depends no. Depends how we've, badly you swear. No, we've got <laughs> children listening. If you use the C word, I might have to beep you. <laughs> no, no. So anyway, so Melbourne's been pretty bad, so there hasn't really been games full of suspense. But I feel like this year, you know, a lot of the games that I've switched on to kind of been quite uh, cliffhangerish, And I'm quite, uh, even though I don't like suspense, I'm quite enjoying it. So did you watch watch uh, you watch the end of the game last week? Uh, how did how did you go with that? Well, basically, what happened was I was watching while Melbourne was sort of you know a few points in front here and there, and then I decided I'm going to go up and have a shower. And while I had a shower, they got behind, and I thought, no, 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 I can't watch this. And I could see that they were three points down. Um, you know, just I was sort of checking on my phone while I was watching something else upstairs. I thought, you know, what? I'm going to turn it on. I turned it on. There was about uh, a minute to go, a minute 24 perhaps, and I was sitting there, so like it just became the most exciting thing I've ever seen. And, I mean, this just goes to show what a um, non-supporter I am. I don't know the names of any of the players, <laughs> but when the guy well, you, kicked that goal... Well, you Tom do McDonald. know one, one name. <laughs> McDonald, yeah, when McDonald yeah. kicked that goal at the end, I was, I could, I actually jumped out of my seat. I was in my room on my own. I was like... Yeah, and then I realised I was by myself, and it was pretty silly. But could, could we have a could we have a Demon Lane trivia quiz? You mentioned McDonald kicking the goal. Which McDonald kicked the goal? 
Well, she doesn't even know the. I <laughs> want to say his she, name's Todd. Well, close, Todd. Tom. But, yeah. but I, I don't think she even knows that she, he has a brother in the team. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, if if Todd is the McDonald who plays for Melbourne, he, one of them. Who's the other one? Um, Jeremy. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, choke, choke, choke in the demon in the uh, pod in the chat room has said that's okay. Neither does Basil Zemplis, and that's his job. Um, that, and Basil Zemplis is one of the commentators, and he he called one of our players, uh, uh, Colin Garland, um, who's actually out been out injured the whole year. So, uh, well, that's right. Well, look, can I can I just say something about on my apps, which we never had in 1964? <laughs> I have a football app that's brought out by this crowd footy live and i looked on it just before in their preview melbourne sydney they've got our injury list and they've got max Gorn out with a hamstring six to eight weeks is this something new or are they just behind the times i would say that whatever algorithm they're using to pull that data from uh, the afl site uh, is either outdated or um, the AFL site might have that information up. So it might technically not be their fault. Um, it could be bad data from, from the AFL or else if they're manually inputting it, then they haven't updated it for a while. But let's right. let's hope our opposition are watching uh, that feed and aren't aware that Max Gorn is playing and we'll catch him by surprise. Yeah, good chance too. So Santiago, are you going to watch the full game uh, this Friday night, I, I don't think so. No. <laughs> no. Do, do you want us? To, do you want us to text you late in the game to say, "Yeah, turn on the TV now." Turn it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All no, right. look, it's it's difficult because I, you know, I've obviously I'm not a huge sport, you know, not a huge fan of sports. Although it, I so to and to come in and and sort of not really know the game, but then watch things happen, and I feel like I do know what's going on, but I don't know what's going on. And then the, you know, the game just sort of, they, they, they drop marks, they do this and I get frustrated and I'm not even, <laughs> I don't even know how to kick a ball. So well, it's well, look, if you don't know what's going on, you ought to spend more time on Demon Land <laughs> because there's a lot of people who um, contribute to Demon Land who don't know what is going on and they just add to the charm of the place. <laughs> Well, that's why I thought I'd call. I thought I'd add to the charm of the podcast tonight. Well, thank you. Well, that's you. right, and you have. <laughs> You've certainly classed up uh, the uh, <laughs> classed it up a little bit. So um, do, you do know the object of the game is to kick the ball between the big sticks. That 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 you that you know. I'm assuming. Yeah, no, I know, and you get four points for that, right? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Six, I know it's six. And no, I you get you get six points that, to if um, you win a game. <laughs> While I didn't know that we had brothers in the team, what was the other brother's name? What was Tom's brother's name? Oscar McDonald. I wanted you to know that when I, the last time I was interested in footy, there was also brothers in the Melbourne Football Club. So there you go. I know a little bit of trivia from do, the Do you know who they 90s. were? The Cordner brothers? No, the, I reckon. The Phoebes. Phoebes, yes. Oh, yes. Who I actually named my daughter after. You did. No. <laughs> Just thought about, as I said, the babies. Yes. Well. <laughs> so there you go. I've come. I've come up. I've, I've brought something to the table. And what number did Stephen Phoebe wear? No, Stephen Phoebe wore um, twenty-one. Oh 
What an expert. And do you know what his brother wore? No. <laughs> I wish I had um, my browser open. I could have just Googled yeah. it. Did I get that right? With you did, yeah. Yeah, oh. you did. <laughs> and then yes. his brother was number 20. I wanted to say that, but I was actually going to say 22. But then I remember that there was another player that was 22 who had bleached blonde hair. Yes, yes. And I couldn't remember if they played at the same time. Uh, I'm not sure if yeah. they – I don't whoa, probably whoa, not. Yeah, they, they did play at the same time. at the end. Yes, whoa, whoa, then. Brownlow medalist. Um, See what I'm adding to this podcast? Do you want me to hang up now? No, no. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you've got anything else to add, uh, please please do. Um, well, um, your friend Bin Man has said that I'd get a gig as a commentator with this level of knowledge. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I, I think you would. Um, well... Um, it's been it's it's been great speaking to you, Santiago. We we don't speak off often enough, so um. yeah. Both of you keep in touch, and uh, I'll maybe I'll call again next uh, in a few weeks' time. Yeah, well, um, you, maybe you can because uh, what I'm thinking of doing after the Carlton game, uh, while we're going to be away, um, I'm thinking of doing. I'm taking my laptop. I'm taking a small little mixer, which is like the thing with which I use to, to get all the different sounds from different computers and, you know, and I'm going to do possibly do the podcast while we're away. So you might uh, join me if, if uh, live in the studio. Yeah, that, I, th- I actually think that um, the people in the chat room and just the general demon landers would really appreciate my, my knowledge. So, yeah, and my expertise in the game. So I think... Think I'll, I'll make a guest appearance. Well, we're not going to let you watch it live with us because I, I'm not risking. I'm not risking. No that. way. <laughs> yeah, with, just with your but because probably not everybody realizes I came in the last minute to the 2000 grand final where obviously Melbourne lost. I took uh, our other brother's ticket and everybody blamed me for the loss and said it was my bad energy. And for 17 years, I didn't go to another game. So. Well, sixteen years I didn't go to another game, and I and I knew it was uh, I knew it was a bad omen when you turned up uh, <laughs> unsuspectingly to the Fremantle game. Um, mm. And Troy Simmons says hello too, and uh, I, because you caused that. I, I must say, uh, uh, Santiago did turn up uh, during the third quarter of the Fremantle game. <laughs> I did not. I turned up like five minutes late. No, she was there. She was there from the beginning. I think every time I went to the bathroom, Melbourne started doing well. Well, that actually actually happened. I brought my wife to the Geelong game and every time she left uh, to tend to one of my kids, you know, take them to the bathroom or get them something to eat, we started kicking goals. So I made her stay away from the seat for a quarter. Um, I think also, um, was it... The game, the game against Collingwood, uh, my son went to and as he left at halftime and Melbourne was losing and then Melbourne ended up winning. Is that correct? Yes. So, so you're... So you're, he's, you're he's, I've, I've passed on the... Your family is a curse. vibes to him. <laughs> you are a curse to this football club. Yeah. I'll do my best not to come on um, Friday night. Thank and you. good luck. All right. Thank you very much, Santiago. Thank you. Well, well you know, See I mean... Guys. Keep in touch. Thank you, thank you. Well, you know, I mean, Mel- the Melbourne Football Club in 2016-17 is all, all about hoodoos, and so we've spent the last 10 minutes talking about hoodoos, which originated, I think, somewhere in Africa and travelled across to the West Indies and the southern United States, and it's all about magic and breaking spells and 
hopefully on Friday night we're going to break another spell, get rid of another hoodoo, and the ultimate one is the hoodoo that started in that year, 1964. We haven't won a premiership since then, so let's break that one this year. Is that the? Are you referring to the uh, Norm Smith curse? The Norm Smith curse. Um, I think Rowan Connolly has got that dead and buried already. Um, so, yeah, let's keep on a positive note. Yeah. Whilst at the same time taking one week at a time, of course. <laughs> of course. Let's uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, yeah, so um, you've been listening to uh, the Demonland podcast. Uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll end it there. That was a fantastic, uh, unexpected um, call for the night. Um, my my uh, my lovely sister Santiago um, calling in. Um, so thank you for joining us, Whispering Jack. Uh, it was a very good uh, first up effort by you uh, for the Demonland podcast. We we may even get you back another week. Um, so you you think as as the Jack Dyer, the famous Jack Dyer, once said, he made a great debut last week and an even greater one this week. <laughs> yeah, he will really so... say that. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for joining us, and uh, yeah, you did make a great debut. Um, we will have a poll, of course, on Demoland to rate your performance, and uh, depending on what the results are, we may or may not have you back again. Okay. In that case, <laughs> um, catch up with you one day. Yes. So thank you, uh, Whispering, for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for uh, joining us. You can download this podcast through uh, iTunes, uh, search for Demonland. Uh, Demonland podcast, or you can find us on SoundCloud, also searching for Demonland. Um, come to, come to demonland.com. You'll find all the links you need to find this podcast there. Um, join us live every week, Wednesday at 8.30 p.m., except perhaps next week. We won't be, definitely won't be Wednesday night, uh, but we'll try and get some time during the day on the Saturday and hopefully everyone has a bit of a hangover celebrating a great victory. Um, thank you for listening and we'll be back. Um, at and go D's. And go D's, yeah. Get down, get your family down, get everyone down to this game because uh, we need to win it. Um, we need to win it. We need to have fans there. And um, thank you for joining us. We'll speak to you soon. Listen, listen to this beautiful song. Come on, Demon. Come on, Demon.